Many today, including a growing number who claim to be Christian, do not believe that Jesus resurrected from the dead. Yet, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is at the heart of the gospel. What is the significance of the resurrection? Today, on Drawing Near, we begin looking at the power of God and the resurrection of Jesus. So open your Bibles and join us as we study Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. Jesus raised and exalted. Before we read our scripture for today, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we are so thankful for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, for his death on the cross where he bore our sin and paid for our guilt, to his death where he went to the grave in order that he might bring about the victory over sin, death, and the grave. We thank you for his glorious resurrection, an event like none other, and its impact not only on us who believe, but on the history of all things that you have foreordained. Lord, open our eyes and our ears once again that we may see these truths, that we may not only see them, but understand them and believe. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are going to read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 23, so that we can see the context of this entire passage. We read in verse 17, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So there is much in this passage of scripture to open up and to look at. So Paul is continuing to pray. And he's praying that God, the Father of glory, would give believers, the saints in Ephesus, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the the knowledge of Jesus Christ so that their eyes would be enlightened, that they may know, first, the hope of his calling, second, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and third, what is the exceeding greatness of God's power toward us who believe. Today, we start out in verse 19, looking at God's power. First thing we are told about God's power is that it is exceedingly great. And it's exceedingly great toward us who believe. God, who is almighty and all-powerful, exercises his power on our behalf toward us who believe. That should immediately give us comfort and encouragement. That God has exercised his great power toward us who believe, and he has done this according to the working of his mighty power, 
which he worked in Christ. How has God used his power on our behalf? We may desire that he uses his power in a lot of little ways in our lives, ways that aren't so little to us, but may not be that significant in the course of eternity. And God does use his power in those ways. What Paul wants us to understand under the leadership of the Holy Spirit is that God has demonstrated his power, used his power on our behalf in resurrecting Jesus from the dead. Many do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ today, and a growing number of those who do not believe are in the church. So many in the church no longer believe in the supernatural aspects of the scriptures. I'm not really sure what they're looking for in the church. Their needs are probably as diverse as there are the number of people who represent those needs. But Jesus Christ did resurrect from the dead. If you believe in the inspiration of Scripture and the infallibility of Scripture, you must believe in the miracles and in the resurrection of the dead. We are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that if Christ is not raised, our faith is vain. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is at the very heart of the gospel. If you take away his resurrection, you have no gospel. You have no good news. We are still in our sins and dead in our trespasses. We have no hope before God apart from the resurrection. Just take a look at 1 Corinthians 15 and you will see that. So God has demonstrated his mighty power toward us in resurrecting Jesus Christ from the dead. That is an event unlike any in history. And it has amazing consequences. All those who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ are guaranteed not only the forgiveness of sin, but our own resurrection from the dead when Jesus Christ returns. Praise God! That opens the door for us to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. We don't have time right now to talk about all that is involved in in being in heaven with the Lord Jesus, but God has demonstrated his mighty power in raising Christ from the dead. And not only did he raise him from the dead, but the scripture tells us here in verse 20 that he has seated him at God's right hand in the heavenly places. Where is Jesus right now? Now listen, he is not in your heart. The Spirit of Jesus is in your heart. The Holy Spirit of God is in your heart. He's in your life. He indwells you. But Jesus is not in your heart. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God in heaven. That's important for us to understand if we are to understand the truth of the Scriptures. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and it is God's power that not only resurrects Jesus from the dead, but it is God's power and authority that seats Jesus at his right hand in heaven. And that position at God's right hand is far above all principality or all authorities. He has seated him far above all principality and all powers 
and all might, and all dominion. In those four words, we see encompassed everything that could have power and position in all the realms under God's creation. And Jesus is seated above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Not just above, but he is seated far above. No one, nothing comes close to the position Jesus Christ holds at the right hand of God the Father. In Jesus' name, as we saw in Philippians, is a name that is above every name. He is far above every name that is named. And not only now, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. For all time, Jesus will have this position and this power, this authority, and this name. It goes on and says of Jesus, and God put all things under his feet. Not only is Jesus elevated far above, but everything that he is above is now under his feet, or in other words, under his authority. Jesus is Lord of all. Why is he Lord of all? Because God in his power has resurrected him from the dead and has given him a position, given him a seat, given him a name, which is above all. And he has put, God has put everything under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. I think it's significant here that not only are we told that by God's power, Jesus is resurrected and by God's power, he is seated at the right hand above all, but we're told that by God's power, he has given him to be head over all things to the church. I think the church needs to hear that today. I believe with all of my heart, the church, in many places, the church is running around apart from the head of Jesus Christ and acting independently of the headship of Jesus Christ. We need to constantly remember that Jesus Christ is the head. The pastor is not the head. The denominational authorities are not the head. The government is not the head of the church. The people are not the head of the church. Jesus Christ is head of the church in all things. And the church is the body of Christ. The church is the physical flesh and blood body of Christ on this earth. We are to be functioning under his leadership, under his headship. We're to be doing his will. We are to be representing him, his ambassadors on this earth. We are to be ministers of reconciliation. Jesus Christ's body is on this earth in the form of the church. And the world needs to see Jesus in the church. And the church, we are told in verse 23, is the fullness of Jesus. Jesus is to be fully seen through the church. And it is Jesus in the church who fills all in all. We are to be totally consumed by Jesus in the church. The body of Christ, each individual members, are to so follow Jesus, so embrace his teaching, his convictions, that the world still sees the presence of Jesus on the earth. 
And if they do, we need to be reminded of these words. Jesus said on his way to the cross that if they hated him, they will hate his followers. If we are loved by the world, if we seek to be loved by the world, then we are not living out the truth of Christ. We need to love them with the love of Christ and share with them the truth of God's word, particularly the truth of the gospel. And if we will share the gospel, share the truth of God's word, confront sin in an honest, loving, compassionate way, the way that Jesus did, then people in this world will either hear the message and believe, or they will reject us. Now, there was an in-between with Jesus. There were those who were just simply indifferent. And much of the world will simply be indifferent to the church, and it's representing Jesus Christ in sharing the gospel and the teachings of Jesus Christ. All of this is the result of God exercising or demonstrating his great power, his exceeding great power toward us who believe. Don't forget that. God demonstrated his power toward us through Jesus Christ. All these things he has done in Christ, he has done toward us. That's what it says in verse 19. God has demonstrated his love toward us. God has demonstrated his great power toward us. And when Jesus Christ returns, we will be with him and we will be like him for all eternity. And we will share, we will have part in his glorious inheritance. O Father in heaven, help us to comprehend the greatness of our riches in Jesus Christ through your grace, mercy, and power. Help us, Father, to worship you more fully and completely as a result of our knowledge, our growing knowledge of all that you have done for us. And Lord, help us to represent Jesus Christ, to be his body in fullness on this earth. Help us, Lord, to glorify you, to honor you with the fruit of holy living. May we be light and life to those who believe. Help us not only to share the gospel, but to make disciples, to teach all people all things that Jesus Christ is teaching us. And Father, we pray for the day when Jesus Christ will return and usher in his great eternal kingdom. Until that time, watch over your people. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.